0: We'll kind of uh, let everybody be meandering their way in here and uh, get going. Hopefully, uh, as you settle in, we'll learn something today, I hope so. Keep my bride in your prayers. She's traveling and uh, going to see our son. And uh, we'll be gone for a couple of days. So... No them what will go on at the Myers household while she's gone, you know. <laughs> something, something real exotic like letting my dog sleep on the bed instead of on the floor. <laughs> All right, let me open us in prayer and we'll kind of uh, get going here. Father, as we come to you today, we're just blessed to be here. We're blessed to be in your presence. And God, we are so grateful that you've promised to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Lord, I pray today, the whole day, the whole entire day at church, Lord, would be one of expectations. Lord, there is some exciting things happening in the life of Grace Church today. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless that. Be with Dr. Allen as he speaks. Speak through him As he is prepared, Lord, I pray that everything that is said and done would magnify and lift up your name. Thank you for what you're doing at Grace Church for this hour, this few minutes that we get to uh, teach and expound on your word. Lord, may it find lodging in our heart. And above all, Lord, I pray it wouldn't be facts, but it would be things that we can apply not only to our life, but to the life of Grace Church. And Lord, you are great. So show us that again today. Not because we deserve it, but because we ask you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. If you've been making your way and finding your way, you know, when you do Sunday school in an open environment like this, it's hard to catch because everybody's got their favorite little seats. And so you're all over the place. So uh, anyhow, here we go. Acts. The book of Acts, and we'll be in chapter six today. We're just meandering our way, following our way along. And what have I said every week about the book of Acts? A few things that I have said every single week about the book of Acts. Can anybody, everybody, will look down? Fear I'll call on you, and I won't. So, because uh, I'm gonna tell you, if you don't get it anyway, don't the theology out of the book of Acts. be careful. It is a transition book. So you be careful when you are digging up your theology. Don't dig it up all out of the book of, the, the book of Acts because we are transitioning from, the number one, we, the Holy Spirit. Now we will have the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. That is so key and so critical. Um, so don't... Uh, build your theology out of the book of Acts. We're in the first section, chapters 1 through 7, that deals with the church getting started in Jerusalem. And and you're going to see an event today, and specifically next week, that is one of the main reasons that causes the church to be dispersed. And so... We are studying chapters 1 through 7, the church at Jerusalem. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Then we will transition in chapters 8 through 12 to the church at Judea and Samaria and then the balance of the book to the uttermost parts of the earth. This is a book that has a lot of action in it. I mean, there's things happening and going on. And just from what we've done so far, you see a little bit of persecution, a little bit of threat. You see some some very specific things happening outside. And today we're going to get a peek inside. And what I mean by that is the church within itself Just a peek inside. You know, if you were visiting here and we got those sliding doors, and I don't know about y'all, but those sliding doors are the best sliding doors I've ever seen. If you just touch them and you're trying to be quiet here, they'll just clang uh, together. I don't know who set those rascals, but buddy, they are on jet stream. I mean, bam. But... If you, wanted, if you were visiting and you wanted to know, hey, what's going on in there, you might do like Dr. John is doing. He's just kind of pulling back and kind of peeking a little bit and looking on the inside to see what's happening church-wise. And so today, we're going to peek inside the details of the early church And we're going to give you a little glimpse. You'll find that they have dilemmas and challenges and problems just like we do today. And I took this little particular lesson uh, that we're on today and titled it Growing Pains. And look, I had nothing to do with the schedule and the format other than we're going to be in the book of Acts and it kind of divides out where you're going to be each, you know, you just, you take a group of, of where it breaks off passage-wise, and then you pick back up again. And so as it falls the lot today, we are in Genesis chapter 6, we're going to specifically deal with verses 1 through 7, and I've titled this, Growing Pains, I Can't Do It By Myself. Now look, I'm in construction, and basically all I do is coordinate. I know how a stud wall ought to look. I know how sheetrock ought to look. I know how the procedure and how it ought to be nailed and what ought to be done. But look, when it comes to doing it, you know what I do? Hey, Bo, why is that that way? When are you going to do this? How come that this is that way? So in theory, I know a lot, but in putting it together, that would be my weakness. And so, look, that's why I put my arm around Bo and say, Hey, I need to help. I can't do it by myself. And so what you're going to see here in the life of this particular church, don't forget, They gathered in one accord in one place. They launched. They had a certain number of people that were saved on the day of Pentecost. That has now grown even more. And so as they have grown, there's needs within the church that are taken off as well. And listen, growing pains can cause all kinds of division disorganization, Uh, and it usually stems, those problems arise from the leadership can't catch up to the growth. And so as you are developing leaders to help, you know, there's only in construction, there's only in my world, there's only one of Bo. So as work begins to pile up and he spreads out, Really, there needs to be two or three of Bo at times. And so what happens is you're doing a lot of things. Listen to this real close. Busy people. Anybody in here busy? Anybody feel like this from occasion? You do a lot of things, but you don't do them all very well. Look. One thing that drives me batty. I would rather wait and do it first class than I would clog a bump, put put a bunch of pegs in some holes and just kind of fake it till I make it, so to speak. And so, in the life of this early church, you're going to see today, and why. Would it not be unique that today in the life of Grace Church, hang around until the next phase? You're going to see in action almost, it's not the exact same thing, but it's the same need today in the life of Grace Church we're going to experience exactly what they're dealing with in this passage. Now, only God could do that. Do y'all think, shazam, that just happened by accident? Only God in His infinite wisdom can organize, and growth, if you will, can be painful. It can be challenging, but it, above all, I look back when I started in business in 1983, Myra and I worked together, if you can imagine, Fist fights on occasion, slugfests on occasion, till finally I looked at her one day, and I can say all this while she's absent as usual, but, you know, I said to her one day, look, I'm done with, not, not us, we're happily married, but I'm not working at the house any longer with you. In order for us to be successful, either I got to go a different route or you got to go a different route. So I'm going a different route, growing pains. So I'll never forget, I hired my CPA. Just just ask her, would you consider... uh, (laughs) I asked her, would you like less stress? I don't know if that worked or not. But she's still there since 1983. And I'll never forget her first day... I had a little office, and uh, she asked me, "Do, do you think we could buy a copy machine? That's where I've come from in business. Do you think we could buy a copy machine? And I, man, I just sweated and worried, and God, that's so expensive, and should I, should I not? And so, look, growing pains can be painful. Growing pains are a challenge, but growing pains as I look back on that day that K-Blue started in my office to where the Lord has taken me, I would have never, never imagined that the Lord would organize each place, each step uh, that has come along. And so let me challenge you. When there's a faith effort in front of you, I used a business example, but Grace Church, when there's a faith effort in front of you, and it's a big thing, most of us will sit back and and be scared and listen to everybody that's speaking in your ear. But sometimes when God is in something, not sometimes, all the time, when God is in it, And He has laid the plans before you. He's prepped the way. He's organized all events. Step across. And you'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. So let's dig in today and let's see something about growing pains. And most of us, when we have change and growing pains, oh boy, change you mean, you know? So let's look at what happens in this passage of Scripture chapter 6 of the book of Acts we've just seen and let's back up to verse 42 they've just been uh, flogged the disciples the apostles if you will they've been flogged they've been everybody's just really threatening them but that didn't deter them and our focus last week was press on did you press on this week I hope you did Press on to who we represent. And look at what happened in verse 42. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. You keep it up. Keep it up. So look, all things are good. Now we're going to peek inside the little church. Here we are. Play like it's us. We're going to peek inside. Now at the time, verse 1, while the disciples were increasing in number, they got growth, a complaint arose, surprise, surprise, on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve sumber, summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. What a bold statement. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, who we may put in charge of this task. I'm a task-oriented person. We'll talk more about that. Verse 4. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of feeding the sick, of clothing the naked. What does it say there? The ministry of the Word. Very key phrase. The statement found approval with the whole congregation and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, uh-oh, y'all know me, Pechorus, the N guy, Timon, the P guy, and Nicholas, a proselyte, from Antioch. Now, I know that bothers Richie bad when I do that. I'm so sorry. I ought to be smarter than that. That's what you get when you get second string. And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. Look at the results. The word of God kept on spreading, and the number of disciples continued to increase Greatly in Jerusalem and a great number of priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Man, look what happened. So get the picture. The church is on the march. The church is growing. The day of Pentecost came and people came from all over. Some got saved, some went back, some stayed in Jerusalem to experience all that was going on. And so the church is growing and there's a diversity among everybody. Just look at us. Is there some diversity in here? If we went around the room, we are are Heinz 57 on steroids. I mean a little of this, a little of that, and mix it all together and you know, you got Heinz 57 and that's what we are. And so... We have to have order in order to co- accomplish the goal. And so as all this vast growth had taken place, a problem arose. And so the problem arose is you've got cliques, you've got groups within the church. Does that surprise anybody in here? <laughs> what do I mean when I say cliques, groups? You're all scared to answer. Please answer. What's a click? Us four no more. You see, what happens in the life of churches as they grow, oftentimes they turn inward. And so look, I can't hardly penetrate Uh, Aubrey's group over there because you know they've been here they're established and they don't want me in part of their group or I don't feel welcome in their group and praise Jesus I've never felt that way about any part of this church whatsoever and listen we don't want anything to do with that but here's the scenario here's the problem Because there was a diversity in background from all these people, now we've got some new church members that are used to a certain way, and they pick two, and I don't want to spend too much time on the difference between the Hellenistic crowd and uh, the other crowd, but let's just put it into modern day theology and terminology a little bit. One group had a little prejudice against the other group. One night at my house, my family got together and was making fun as a group. We got to, they got to making fun of one particular group of people, and I got profusely mad. I know that might shock some of y'all, but I do have a temper. And I kicked every one of my family members out of my house, and we're a close group. I said, we ain't going to do that at my house. Y'all can go do it wherever the heck you want, but we're not going to do that here. And believe me, that cut it off. We all made up lovey-dovey later. But for that day, that was not going to happen in my house under my control. And so here's, here's the deal. You got one group of people that it was a strict, strict, strict according to the law, and you got another group of people that despised those. And so, look, the good news is even though in their church scenario God saved them and brought them together, now they're working amongst all that dilemma and challenges that comes along with that. And so sometimes people get their feelings hurt because we're going to do it this way, this time, this hour. And so... A peek inside, they got a little chatter going on. They got a little problem. And one group is saying, look, I'm a little jealous because the widows over here are being well taken care of by your crowd of folks, and my crowd of folks can't take take care of them quite as good. And so the whole congregation is a little bit out of sorts in that regard and when that begins to happen it limits the power of the Holy Spirit's working because he wants us always to be in one accord in one place be unified and so here's what's happening the apostles are trying their best to manage all of that and so because of that The Word is being neglected a little bit. And you see, the Word is what keeps us all on the straight path. When you start to neglect the Word, you'll find it. It'll follow. The other stuff will start to creep in. And so you get good and crystal clear the problem uh, that existed here. And there's five reasons, if you will, for that particular problem in verses verse one. Now at the time that the disciples were increasing in number, so look, there's growth. And growth causes that. Uh, it's, just, it's just rapid growth makes it difficult uh, to manage uh, what goes on. They, the, the groups of people, the cliques that were involved. That's a problem. That's a challenge. And so it was causing division. This is one thing that I fear because it's happened to me, and I mentioned it in my grace group Sunday night. I had a Sunday school class years ago at my previous church, and I've said this before, that got up to 200 people in the class. And and look, One girl in there, her daddy died and we overlooked her and it caused a major problem. And so here's the deal. They had lots of people, lots of growth, but look what it says. They were increasing in number and a complaint rose on part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were what? Neglected, being overlooked. They didn't have the help that they needed. And there was no leadership. Number four, there, there was no leadership. There was no organization. You see, it takes organization to keep growth healthy and vibrant and keep structure. And uh, it was turning into some difficulty. You got hurt feelings because there was also uh, favoritism. One group of church folks was a little more established than the others. See, one group of them had been scattered abroad and so they absolutely, they were a little bit more drawn to the Gentile crowd where the other group was still heavily Jewish and so... You know, the two, they were going to church together now. That's a miracle within itself. But there was frustration and challenges. And so we've severely looked at the problems. But I like solutions, don't y'all? Do you like solutions? I mean, some people just like to waller in all the mess and, and minutiae and you can give them a solution, and they still want to dig up and still want to waller in what they... But look, there's a solution given here. Notice in verse 1, they got a complaint, so you know they're grumbling, you know there's challenges, you know there's frustrations. So what? this is just what I think happened. I think the 12... Apostles gathered together, and I'm going to read this for you. They gathered together and they came up with, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit leadership, y'all, and God showed them a way to solve this for this church and for us. So look at the solution here. First of all, they didn't deny that a problem... Nowhere will you see that they denied that there was a problem existed. They had a problem, and so they were going to deal with it, and they did. Verse 2, so the seven, the twelve, summoned the congregation. That means the whole church. They summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it's not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Now let me tell you, that's a bold statement. Look, it's not desirable for us to neglect the Word of God in order to pamper all your little feet, all your little toenails, all your little issues that come up. And as we neglect the Word of God, that's what happens. That's what happens. So there's the they come up with a with a solution. It involved the whole church. So that's one thing. Yes. Uh Uh-oh. You know, I I find myself saying this all the time. I say, I'll be referring to something I'll say when I used to pastor. To teach my lesson.
1: No, no,
0: no, not one bit.
1: Can I, can I say, but us as a church, I mean, to delegate out the responsibility so that way you can do your job, Cliff can yeah. do his job, yeah. us as the body of the church, even the ones who uh, are cleaning, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to do that because I know when I come to church that I'm going to give yeah. the full nourishment that my body
0: So with that, that we'll close out in prayer today, and we all got the lesson all down. Look, what you've just heard is the total expression of what that verse of Scripture says. Look, this is a bold statement, and what Richie, what I was going to say, his personal idol and friend and mentor, he will tell you, is a guy named Craig Connor from Panama City. First Baptist Church of Panama City, Craig Connor. Got a little inside information on that. My mama and daddy, brothers and sisters, I was the only reprobate that didn't go to First Baptist Church of Panama City, Florida. But I can remember my aunt played the harp at First Baptist Church. At 77 years of age, she started traveling to Florida State to take harp lessons and played until she died in her nineties. And I can remember the big controversy around my family when Craig Connor came to town. Can you believe, and they love him, by the way, just to make that clear. I can remember being around the supper table. Can you believe what he announced? He's not going to do any weddings. He's not going to do any funerals. He's not going to do any counseling. Well, God forbid that he would do it like Acts chapter (laughs) 6 says. You know, we laugh at that. But preachers all over America are getting beat up and stomped out and discouraged over the stuff. You see, it's Richie's job to teach us to do the work. And that's what Acts chapter 6 is about. And so they make a bold statement to that crowd. And the <laughs> they say, It's not desirable for us to neglect the Word of God in order to serve tables. And guess what? You let Richie serve tables, don't tell him I said this. He'll goof it up. He isn't any good at it. You see, his talent is looking into God's Word and serving us the meal to do The work. And so that's the solution. And I'm sure it was just like at the Myers house when Craig Connor came, when that radical announcement was made and people began to, what are we going to do, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? And God forbid verse 4 come along. But let me back up to verse 3 because we've got to have some qualifications for this. So they're going to select some guys. And so therefore, brethren, in verse 3, we want to select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit. That's number two. A good reputation, honest, full of the Holy Spirit, and of wisdom. The ability to discern and figure things out, whom we may put in charge of this task. What task? The task of serving tables. Every day I sit down at my computer, and at my computer comes up the task that I have open. And you know what happens as you begin to put some of them off, they change colors and they get red. And then now you have a snooze button and you can snooze it and it comes back later. But you know the bottom line, there's tasks that are put in front of us that must be accomplished and ask yourself a question. What task are you involved in at Grace Church that falls your lot? In other words, if you don't do it, it isn't going to get done. You take ownership of the task. By the way, in the men's restroom on the right side, you go in to do the wee-wee. I know that's not a Sunday school term. The flush valve only works on occasion. If we have a plumber in here, it would be nice if you fixed that flush valve because I'm tired of trying to play with it about every tenth time it works. So plumbers, there's your task. Richie ain't a plumber. I certainly am. I know how, I know how to fix it.
1: <laughs>
0: but we might spring a leak if I do. Therefore, brother, you didn't know you were going to get such eloquent grammar and function during Sunday school hour. The task, we were going to appoint them to be an involved in the task. You see the new glass that just got put up? Have y'all noticed it's a little cloudy? Needs to be cleaned. When's the last time you picked up a rag and wiped the glass clean? Are you waiting on Jamie to do it all? Or Bo and April to do it all? You see, a peek inside the early church. But let's not lose sight of the main thing being the main thing. The main thing is the Word, y'all. It doesn't matter if we got clean glass or not. It doesn't matter if the wee wee hole works or not. In Africa, they just go out back anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but what does matter is the word. So we've looked at the problem, we've looked at the solution, we've looked at look, we're gonna choose some guys here, and there's some required qualifications. Aspire to those qualifications, church. That can be you, full of the Spirit. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, the Bible says. So the purpose of these guys they're going to choose is in verse 4. But we, the apostles... See, you want Richie to have this privilege. You will, you, we will benefit from allowing him to have the privilege of verse 4. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. You know what? Anybody have a King James Version or New King James? Read that verse. Verse four. See, my version leaves out the word "continually." That means constantly. Have you? How many times have you heard Richie say he'll preach on Sunday? He goes away from here just empty, and guess what? Monday's coming. He's right back in digging continually over and over and over again. What if we just did that in church? Constant prayer. Look around the room. I challenge you. Just look around the room. Go ahead. Take it all in. As you look around the room, fixate on one person in your mind. Don't point them out, but fixate in your mind on one person... Pray for them this week. Be in prayer about what's going on in their life. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. The Word, the Word, the Word. Now look, don't forget how this started up in verse 1 a complaint arose. I like this in verse 5. Do you notice a comparison to verse 1 and verse 5? Anything that's kind of cool? I said it just a minute ago. The statement found approval. I like solutions. You would think, you know, that means the whole, they brought this before the whole congregation. Now the whole congregation is happy about it. The statement found approval with both groups. You remember the prejudice group over here? And you got the crybabies because they're not. And look, we got a solution. We're on the same page. What if it was that easy in church work? And I'll tell you how it can be. When you're in one accord, in one place, full of the Holy Spirit, God can speak to you. It was, I was so burdened about our church because last Sunday was just a terrific day for me. I mean, look, it was a hallelujah day when I left here last Sunday. I was so excited. Yet I heard of one particular person that got a little frustrated in their personal life and left and didn't, didn't, didn't make it to church last Sunday. I was so burdened for them because I thought they missed the message that Dr. Allen preached. I called them. I checked on them. I had a little prayer for them every particular day. Wednesday night in my grace group, one of them announced I got a spiritual spanking This week, I went, I got a little frustrated. I left church. I went home. I listened to the message, the word that Dr. Allen preached, and I've realized some things, and I just want this crowd to know it. Dude, huh? I was ready to attack hell with a water pistol. I mean, how exciting to see God's word. You see, they found approval. And this is cool. Notice the seven guys they chose in that verse. Two of them are pretty well known. And I got to thinking about old Stephen, and we're going to learn more about Stephen next week. Now, we got some big Bible scholars in here, and you can poo-poo me if I'm wrong. But I don't know that Stephen, I don't know before this has been mentioned anywhere before. His first job is the first deacon at the first church. And guess what we're going to see next week? He's the first martyr at the first church. You see, when you step out on faith, that doesn't mean you're you're annihilated from all problems, all challenges, all difficulties, but look at how it describes his personality. He's a man. He's a man's man. None of the rest of them are described like Stephen. A man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. What if that could be described? What if that could be your description? What if you aspired to be a man full of the Holy Spirit. So they had a little service for them, an ordination service, a commissioning, if you will. And in case you don't know what an ordination service is, it's just a setting aside of a particular folk for a special service You are setting aside. And I'll never forget. Look, let me just read. (laughs) I'll do better if I just read. Verse 6. And these they brought before the apostles. And after praying, they laid hands on them. Y'all, I'll never forget as about a 26-year-old boy, I was actually ordained in an ordination service. And we're going to have one of those upcoming. And I really respect this because Dr. Allen called me the other day about that particular service upcoming. And he was so concerned about that service being special on that day for that particular purpose. Because look, I can remember at my service that happened to me as I was on my hands and knees before my church as the men of the church came by, laid their hands on me and prayed for me. Look, (laughs) one after one after one came by. But I'll never forget one specific one that came by. I heard his voice. It was my daddy. See, my daddy was a tough dude, but not that night. He broke down and cried like a little, like I'm about to do. I've never forgotten what he said. I wish he was still alive today to see what's gone on since that day. That he laid hands on me. I got the privilege of when my daddy was getting old. I bought an old building and I took him in a wheelchair in that building and I pushed him out in it. And I said, Papa, I own this building. I just wanted you to see. And he just said, you're kidding I said, you put all this in me. You invested in me. The biblical truths. Thank you. Thank you. So look, they took those seven and they ordained them that day for the task to come alongside church And just in finishing up, look what happened. Look at the results in verse 7. As they teamed up with leadership, as they brought along people and gave them a chance, man, grace is good at that. The Word of God kept on spreading, and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Don't miss that last phrase. Even those priests, the muckety-muck, noticed a difference in the crowd. And so look... They joined in. Can you just imagine as they stepped across the line out of that formalized Judaism and stepped along and said, I want Christ? What an impact that said to the community! (laughs) A peek inside, growing pains. A diverse crowd of folks. A problem that exists. A decision made. Agreement on the decision. The advancement of the kingdom. So look. Find your task. Get involved. My prayer... For us at our churches that we don't miss the opportunity being elder led to help you spiritually in your sphere of influence, the people that you run with, the people that you associate with, help you come alongside of you as we all grow together under the leadership of the Word, and continued prayer. Don't miss it. Father, we come to you just blessed to be in your presence, thankful for just some simple words today that I find great truth. Lord, you have promised to bless your Word. Thank you for what has been said and spoken and felt in our crowd today. God, we thank you for...